Okay, uh, turning in our Bibles to uh, uh, starting at Mark chapter 16, verse 17, at least the first part of that. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Then the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. And finally, Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, story of uh, where Paul, the Apostle Paul cast out the spirit of divination from the slave girl. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed by with a spirit of divination met us. You see the uh, um, how uh, <clears throat> connected demons are with the occult? That's why I always tell you they, you're treading on dangerous ground if you get involved with the occult. Okay, she met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and, and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Actually, she, in the Greek reads a way of salvation, not the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Hallelujah. Fathers, we uh, examine the uh, victory that you have over demons. And Lord, uh, just as you uh, cast out spirits during your earthly life, Lord, you have given us the authority to do the same thing uh, through your name. So Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, bless this uh, message that you have shared with me and uh, help me to share it from my heart, Lord. And uh, uh, Lord, help us to see ways that we can apply it to our own lives. Thank you for being here. Uh, blessed Holy Spirit, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm continuing the series on the name of Jesus. I've got a lot of material still left on this, so we're going to be on it for uh, a while longer. And uh, it's part of our larger series on spiritual warfare, uh, winning the spiritual battle. And we've been talking about the weapons of God, and one of the most prominent weapon of God is weapons of God is the name of Jesus. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that is fleshly, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, we've seen already that these include the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, prayer in the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 16, verse 18, fasting, we've looked at that, uh, Matthew six seventeen, the name of Jesus, where we're at right now, and the high praises of God, and in the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Okay, on the name of Jesus, some of the things that we've learned is that Jesus, because of his humility and obedience, was given the name that is above every name. And Jesus also inherited this uh, name above every name. Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 4 tells us that uh, Jesus obtained this 
name by inheritance. And we are also inheritors of that name. He bestowed that name upon us too. Uh, Jesus gave us the authority to pray for things in his name. And, uh, it, you know, if it benefits his kingdom, and that gives us power of attorney. And we saw that that authority includes everything on heaven and earth. All authority has been granted me on heaven and on earth. Jesus in the Gospels demonstrated power over sickness and infirmities, demons, nature, and even death. And we've seen that by giving us his name, we have authority over all those things uh, ourselves. In fact, Jesus said that greater works than these shall you do. Now, everything, last time we saw that everything that we do, we are to do all in the name of Jesus. Colossians chapter two, 3, verse 17 tells us, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay, so uh, we saw what that meant, uh, meant uh, last week. It means that whatever you do, do it as if the, the Lord Jesus Christ were doing it, uh, you know, instead of you. And by doing it this way, God is glorified. You throw your heart and uh, soul into this activity. So if you sweep floors, sweep them in the name of Jesus. If you wash dishes, wash them in the name of Jesus. If you preach, you preach it in the name of Jesus. If you work at the stamp company, you work in the name of Jesus. Just like if it was Jesus that was working there instead of you. <clears throat> so, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And God is not glorified with half-hearted activity. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says that whatever you do, your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And a good way to do this is see it in the big picture. You know, there's a story that I've shared with you before about this man that was walking through uh, and there's workmen all around and, uh, you know, they're uh, uh, constructing a cathedral and he'd encounter different people and they just seemed to ha be half-hearted uh, uh, doing things. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, he came up to one man. He says, well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm laying bricks. And then he found this one guy that was just, you could just see that everything he was doing to construct that cathedral, he was just full of joy. And he asked him, what are you doing? He said, I'm building a cathedral. When you get the big picture of what God is trying to do in this life, that allows you to see things in a completely different light. And everything that you do in word or deed, you do it in the name of Jesus, and you do it with the view of, you know, building up God's kingdom. You want people to look at you and uh, that God be glorified you. So you're not just doing these menial tasks. You know, I shared with you about uh, Brother Lawrence, you know, how he... Uh, <clears throat> 
uh, he learned uh, to just uh, be as at home with the Lord, uh, you know, when he's watching, washing pots and pans and uh, serving the food as he did when he was in the, the uh, prayer closet. Okay, other actions that we uh, are to do in the name of Jesus, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Therefore by him let us sometimes offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Isn't that what it says? Sometimes? Continually. Our whole life should be a sacrifice of praise to the, the Lord. That is the fruit of our lips. His praise should be on our lips the whole day long. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. We're also cleansed by him too uh, through his name. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So your very salvation is done in the name of Jesus. And finally, we saw that uh, we also do the anointing. You know, when we anoint the sick here. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven of him. James chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. Okay. Now today, we're going to talk, or we're going to start to, to talk about the name against spiritual forces. Remember I said that Jesus had a authority over demons, and when he gave us his name, he gave us that authority too. Okay, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And normally I have reservations about quoting from the last 12 uh, verses of uh, the Gospel of Mark because there's manuscript I issues in there and there's some questionable doctrines like baptismal regeneration and talking about taking up uh, uh, serpents and drinking poison, which has been misconstrued by some, that we can, we're, we're supposed to do that today, and by doing that, we show our faith. Problem is, they get bit by the serpents, and some of them die. And if they drink poison, they're almost sure to die. So they, they misinterpret that. Uh, also, it talks about Jesus appearing in another form. Well, he didn't appear in another form. He appeared in the same form on the cross. He just maybe, uh, they didn't recognize him right away like the uh, disciples on the way to Emmaus. So, anyway, uh, in this case, I quote it because it puts directly in words that I believe are taught elsewhere in Scripture. Namely, that all believers, not just the clergy, have the authority to cast out demons. Sometimes when people encounter uh, spirit possession, demon possession in a person, they go running to the pastor or the clergy or the priest. 
And they'll want the priest uh, to perform this elaborate exorcism ritual. That's true of the Roman Catholic Church. But the Apostle Paul didn't go through an elaborate ritual when he cast out the spirit of divination from the slave girl, did he? He just said, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to come out. And it came out that very hour. Now, anyone in this room, if you are a child of God, if you are born again, you have the authority to do that. You don't need me. You don't need Pastor Sandra. You don't need some clergyman to perform the exorcism. You have the capacity to do it yourself. You just have to believe in the name. Okay, now you say, well, how do you know that everybody has the authority? Well, there's that second verse that I quoted in the beginning, which is Luke chapter uh, seven, uh, 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, you have to understand the context of this. Luke chapters 9 and 10 were the story of how Jesus commissioned the 12 the, the twelve uh, his, his inner disciples, the twelve, and then he also commissioned the uh, seventy later on in uh, chapter ten. The twelve came back and they uh, were you know testifying of all these different things, and then Jesus went on ahead and he sent out the seventy. the The number seventy is. A very significant number in scripture. It signifies completeness. And what Jesus was signifying by sending out the 70 is he was talking, signifying the entire body that he was going to raise up. In other words, everybody has the capacity. I, I remember uh, listening to a man by the name of Mario Murillo. Mario Murillo, I, I only heard him speak a few times, but he was a tremendous speaker. He just had that gift of gab, but he not only had a gift of gab, but he also really understood the principles that are contained in the scriptures. And he applied one of those uh, principles here. He said he, he, he thought that if the Lord had uh, only commissioned the twelve, that not everybody in the body of Christ was going to have a miraculous ministry. But when he commissioned the 70, signifying completeness, he was saying that all Christians are commissioned also and have the capacity to have a miraculous ministry. That includes me, that includes you, that includes everybody here in this room. Okay, now... In, in be, sandwiched in between the beginning of uh, chapter uh, chapter uh, uh, 9, the commissioning of the 12, and then uh, chapter 10, the commissioning of the 70, we, you find a little interesting story here. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow with us. Translation, he can't do that. He's not part of the in-group. You know, we're the in-group. We're the 12. We're the in-group. He can't do that. 
And what did Jesus say to him? Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. And so what Jesus answered to that is, yes, he can. He can do it because he uses my name and he's using it to advance the kingdom of God by casting out these demons. So my little comment here is I'm just amazed. This fellow that's going around casting out demons in Jesus' name, even though he wasn't specifically commissioned to do that, he figured out better how God's kingdom worked than even the, the 12 disciples do, did. Now, you know, I often wonder, whatever happened to this man? You know, he's not named in here, and this is the only time in Scripture you uh, read about that. This, this you know, little st side story is not contained in the other Gospels. Of course, neither is the commissioning of the 70 either. So I, I wonder whatever happened to him. For all we know, he could have been, be, been one of the seven deacons that were uh, commissioned. Maybe it was Stephen. You know, since he's not named, we don't know who he, uh, he was. Maybe he was one of the 120, you know, that was gathered in the upper room and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. We don't know what happened to him. But I would venture to say that uh, he went on and uh, accomplished things for the kingdom of God later on. That's my personal opinion anyway. Okay, so um, my <clears throat> application of this little story here and also the story of the 70 is don't think for one minute that the members of any denomination or clergy have the corner of this matter of casting out spirits. So it's not just a matter of being commissioned. You know, the Assemblies of God, you know, uh, preaches the gospel, uh, you know, the, uh, the Pentecostal message. Amen? Amen? Okay. But that doesn't mean we have the corner on God's power. Now, the problem with uh, most denominations is most denominations either uh, uh, deny that spirits even exist or they kind of ignore this little portion here of casting them out. Uh, in Kenneth Hagin's book, uh, he has an interesting quote here from E.W. Kenyon. He says, E.W. Kenyon remarked, one would naturally think in reading our modern religious literature and listening to the average preacher's sermons that demons had gone out of existence or else they had been herded together in the slums of the city and were spending their entire time among the lower strata of humanity. Well, I've got news for these people that deny the existence of demons. They haven't gone out of uh, existence. They're alive and well. You know, when I really got serious for the Lord, I remember uh, reading Hal Lindsey's book. This is in uh, 1975 when I really got things together spiritually with the Lord. And one of the uh, books that God put in my hands was Hal Lindsey's book called Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. That's not only true of Satan, that's in, in, in true of his demonic hordes too, his uh, ministers, his angels. His exorcism for today. 
Well, it certainly was uh, in New Testament times. And again, you have the story of the uh, woman that had the spirit of divination that uh, the Apostle Paul cast out of uh, her. So exorcism was not only real to the Apostle Paul, it, he shows us how it's done. He spoke to the spirit directly. He didn't command the spirit to come into him like the movie The Exorcist did, you know, where the priest uh, commands the spirit to come out of the uh, uh, girl that was possessed and come into him. You know, Walter Martin was talking about the uh, uh, the exorcist one time, and he was talking about how misguided it was. was you know, it was real, uh, uh, real in the sense that exorcisms do occur today, but it was unreal in the way, methodology that was employed. And he says, you know, you watch The Exorcist and you, at the end of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie, you know, the score is Demons 3, Christians nothing. So I don't believe in Demons 3, Christians nothing. I believe that we win the victory. Can you say amen to that? We have power over these spirits in the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul proves that to us. Now, Paul not only exercised the uh, spirit out of the woman uh, there, but he also exhibited what is called the discerning of spirits. What's discerning of spirits? Discerning of spirits in, is when you can sense an evil presence in a person or a place. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, uh, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So discerning of spirits is listed as one of the nine gifts of the Spirit as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, verses 8 through 10. Now, by the way, I, I want to tell you something that's coming up. What's happening in two weeks? Anybody know? In the class. In, all right. Well, you, you know because I told you. <laughs> You're cheating. It's Pentecost Sunday in two weeks. Pentecost Sunday last year, we had... People come up and people got, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know Sean did, and it, it, he was telling me how much, uh, you know, that prayer tongue that he received that Sunday had really helped him uh, out an awful lot. So we're going to do that again in two weeks. So if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, I would suggest that you really spend the two weeks praying about it and seeking, of, seeking it. How many of you want to have that baptism of the Holy Spirit? I know in my personal life, it's really enhanced my prayer life. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's coming up. So... Back to discerning of the spirits of the gifts of the spirit are for today. Then the discerning of spirits are also for today. Right? All the rest of those uh, nine gifts are for today. So if demons don't exist anymore, 
What's the point in discerning them? Okay? Food for thought. Now, I had a personal experience when I was in uh, Thailand the first time. I went there as a member of the United States Air Force back in 1973 and 74. And it was a low point in my spiritual life. You know, I'd been raised up in a Baptist church. I really had a hunger for the Lord in a lot of respects. But I got turned off towards organized Christianity because, you know, the youth group that I uh, attended when I was in high school, you know, they had the cool group and the not-so-cool group. And I was in the not-so-cool group. So I got out into the world, especially when I was in the service, and I found more love and acceptance from these people in the world than I ever felt at that uh, uh, youth group you know, where I should have been loved and accepted. So I backslid, hung out with the wrong uh, crowd, starting to do the things that they did. One of those things was uh, uh, smoking pot. And I smoked it very heavily that first time I was in uh, Thailand. You know, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. The devil will give you every excuse to sin that's in the book. And one of the, the excuses he gave me is, see, I had been raised in this Baptist church. I'd, uh, uh, you know, I, I knew not just enough of the Bible at that point to be dangerous. You ever heard that expression? You know, somebody knows just enough to be dangerous. Especially true in computers, because you can really mess things up if you don't know, you know, you know enough to get in there, but uh, you don't know enough uh, how to handle things. Well, I knew enough of the Bible to be gener uh, dangerous. And there's one passage uh, that we had gone through, you know, we had a study in the book of Romans uh, in Sunday school, my senior year of uh, uh, high school, and uh, we came across Romans chapter 14. And uh, Romans chapter 14 talks about the doubtful things. And ba basically what uh, the Apostle Paul says is in these doubtful things, let your conscience be your guide. So I, I said to myself, well, you know, my conscience isn't bothering me, you know, uh, uh, smoking uh, pot with my uh, uh, friends and everything. So it must be okay. Now, back then, I didn't know about the principle behind Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 18, about uh, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And I talked about this last week with you, right? I talked about this last week, and I explained to you that the principle is that you are not to allow yourself to be placed under the influence of, of you know, any other thing than the Spirit of God. Okay? And then I mentioned also, I, I dealt with pot last time, and I said that's forbidden because that's really uh, uh, covered by... Uh, was called witchcraft in the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. And it includes in the works of the flesh uh, witchcraft, which is, uh, tr uh, you know, uh, the Greek word pharmakeia, which meant the use and abuse of drugs. Okay? So, now, I've told you that because I want to tell you this little story. 
while I was there in Thailand, backslidden as could be, I went with uh, some friends of mine to this uh, Thai man's home, and he made bongs. You know, if you uh, don't know uh, much about smoking marijuana, it's uh, basically a water pipe that you use to uh, smoke the marijuana with. And we bought a bong for that guy, from that guy. Now, I walked into that room, you know, that, that home, and I, I don't know what it was, but I could just sense that there was something very evil in that place. Now, I don't know if the uh, man and, and maybe his wife, there's a woman there too. I don't know if they were demon-possessed. I don't know if they dabbled in the occult. But I could sense, and as far backslidden as I was, the Holy Spirit was still in me. You know, I suppressed his voice. You know, I, that was another thing. You know, I, I said, well, I, my conscience isn't hurting me. Well, the fact is you sin and you sin. You sear that conscience and then you can't. It's harder to hear the voice of God. So no matter what, you know, I was a Christian. You know, I know as a, I was a Christian. How, you say, how do you know you're a Christian? I know it because, you know, when I came back, I determined I was going to return to the Lord. Nobody came and led me to the Lord. I already knew how to get saved. You know, I just uh, had uh, backslidden so far. So even backslidden as I was, I could still feel that evil presence that was there in that room. And so I was able to discern it. And by the way, you know, around here, we don't talk much about spiritual forces, do we? You know, you don't hear... Uh, there's so many uh, uh, churches that you can go to and you never hear about these uh, uh, demons and uh, wicked spirits. But <clears throat> they're very real to the people over there in Thailand. All over the country, you have what they call uh, a spirit, uh, what we call spirit houses. Uh, the Thai word is sampapun. Sampapun, yeah. Uh, they have those everywhere because the people there are deathly afraid. They, they're real to them and they're deathly afraid of them. Yeah, every house, just about every house will have a spirit house. And that's because they believe in animism. They believe that there's a spirit that inhabits every rock and tree and plot of ground. And they don't think about uh, build, uh, uh, building a home unless they first erect a uh, uh, spirit house. So they pay homage to the spirit that lives there. And they say, oh, we're, we're not here to uh, harm you, spirit. You know, uh, we, we don't want you to hassle us. We want you to give us good luck and everything. And so they, they will hang garlands of flowers. They'll put up uh, offerings of uh, 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 food and uh, drink and uh, you know, burn incense to the resident spirit. And they think that they will placate the spirit by doing that. So these spiritual forces are very real to those people. They're not so real to us over here, but they're very real to the people over there. And you know, there's, because of that, there's such a spiritual oppression over there. And many missionaries go there, and they, they say they can feel the spiritual oppression as soon as they walk off that plane. 
So, spiritual forces are very real. Okay, so, the discerning of spirits belonged to me as a Christian. And even though I was far away from the Lord at the time, I could still feel that uh, uh, spiritual oppression. I had discerning of spirits even at that time. It not only belonged to me as a Christian, the discerning of the spirits, but the ability to cast it out. Now, it doesn't belong to unbelievers. We know this because of the story of the seven sons of Sceva. One of the most humorous stories I can read, you know, you read in the Bible, found in Acts chapter 18, starting at, I'm, not, I'm sorry, 19, starting at verse 11. And these seven sons of Sceva came up to this man, and uh, they said, he say, we exercised you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And what did the Spirit say? Who knows the story? The Spirit spoke to them and said, Jesus, I know, you know, personally, and Paul I'm acquainted with, but who are you? And then he leaped on them, and there was, it was seven against one, and the one prevailed. It says that they fled from the house where they were performing this exorcism or attempting to perform it, and they flew, uh, had to flee naked and uh, bleeding. So he really beat them up and tore their clothes. So the problem was they were dealing with a power, the name of Jesus. They had no idea. Again, you know, it was, they, they knew just enough to be dangerous, dangerous for them in, in this case. Okay, so Hagen in his book, you know, the name of Jesus, he recounts numerous times when he had the experience of actually seeing demons on people. There's one he talked about where, he, you know, this fellow had suffered severe headaches and uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he was suffering from mental illness. And Hagen said that he could see in the spirit that uh, there was this demon that had his head in the head locked around his neck head right there and so he perceived that and he cast the spirit out now Hagen's got all kinds of stories like that uh, I don't know if I believe all of them literally you know I take everything Hagen says with a grain of salt and that's the way you should take everybody too don't believe even me what I preach from this uh, pulpit unless you can prove you know what I say is correct now, I wouldn't be preaching it if I didn't believe it was correct and I, I challenge you once again anytime you feel like I'm not preaching the word of God you are at liberty to come and confront me about it and tell me I, I don't agree with you Pastor Cliff and this is the reason why but remember if you're going to challenge me You'd better come up with book, chapter, and verse to show me that I'm wrong. Amen? Okay. Don't take everybody, you know, put them to the test. Paul wrote, test all things, hold fast to what is good. Okay. So, uh, he does make a good point, though, in his commentary here on the... Uh, 
uh, casting out of the spirit of the uh, uh, the spirit of divination from the slave girl. He says that Paul spoke spoke directly to the spirit. And there are times when we can speak directly to the spirit to uh, cast it out. Now, here's the thing, though. That's, you don't use that as a rule of thumb. And the reason why I say that is because uh, a little story in Acts chapter 13. Um, Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through uh, <clears throat> 12. And when they, that is Paul and Barnabas, and also John Mark was with them, and when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, this is the island of Cyprus, first missionary journey, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of the Lord. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Paul, who is also called Saul, who is also called Paul, the first time you hear him called Paul, filled up to brimming over with the Holy Spirit, set his eyes on him. And said, O full of all deceit and all mischief, you child of the devil, you enemy of all, uh, 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 of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, Sergius Paulus, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now, Paul didn't speak to the, uh, uh, the sorcerer, the spirit in the sorcerer, and I have no doubt that he was probably demon-possessed, although the word doesn't say it. But instead, he speaks directly to the person, because this person energized by the spirits, was seeking to lead away the deputy proconsul, the leading man of that particular uh, <clears throat> uh, city there, Paphos. Okay, so it's not always a rule of thumb that you speak to the spirit. Sometimes you speak to the person when you deal with them. Okay, engaging with spirits as combat for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual wickedness in high places Ephesians 6 verse 12 we've talked about this many times before okay now I was looking up in the the way it was worded in the Greek here and I was kind of astonished because you know the, the it's an active verb there in the King James wrestle you know that's an active verb but it's not the way that it reads in the Greek it says our conflict or our struggle or our striving is against flesh and blood and too often brothers and sisters we lash out at the person rather than the spirit behind the person you know 
rather than addressing the spiritual force operating in the person the devil is using against us. You know, we need to start combating the spiritual forces that are driving that person to trouble us. Or our loved one. Maybe we've got a loved one that's bound up with drugs or alcohol. Or maybe pornography or some kind of addiction, uh, uh, sexual addiction. Okay? You need to start dealing with the spirit. There's a spirit behind that. I'm going to go into more detail about this uh, next week. Because I firmly believe that there are spiritual forces that specialize in certain sins. Now that doesn't mean you go around, if you got this problem, you know, with alcohol or drugs or sex or something like that, you don't go around saying, well, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do anything. You did it because you wanted to do it. Okay, but I'm, I'm going to talk about this because some of the, you know, dealing with sex, my experience is that some of the most powerful uh, forces of darkness are operating in that particular area. Okay, I'll talk about that more later. Okay, so we need to start combating the spiritual forces that are driving that person to trouble us or breaking our heart, you know, if it's a, uh, you know, if it's a, a friend or loved one. Another scripture dealing with this is Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant. There's our bondservant. Remember I talked about bondservant, doulos? You know, same thing there. A bondservant of Christ greets you, always laboring, and, uh, you know, other translations. You know, laboring sounds like you're doing work. But actually, the, the Greek word is more like striving, you know, wrestling, fighting, you know. Epaphras is f always striving, struggling, wrestling, fighting fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in the word of God. So, a little question for you, brothers and sisters. We're, I'm on the last page here. We'll wrap things up. Do you wrestle with spirits in prayer? Anybody ever wrestled with the spirits in prayer? You know, that's biblical. We just looked at that from Epaphras. You tell them to take their filthy hands off your friend or loved one. Leave my son or my daughter alone. In Jesus' name, I take authority over you. You tell them to take their filthy hands off of him or her or your friend. Hagen uh, mentions we do not struggle with the, the God in prayer unless he is, you know, uh, and I would disagree with him on that. And you do uh, wrestle with God in prayer sometimes. And I'm going to share a little bit here that I wasn't really originally going to share it uh, with you. But I, uh, you know, I was going to just casually mention the case of uh, when Jacob wrestled with an angel of the Lord. How many of you know that story? You can find it in Genesis chapter uh, 32, uh, specifically in uh, uh, verses uh, 24 through um, <clears throat> 32. And, you know, as I was uh, reviewing the uh, uh, sermon this morning, I just felt led to read that story uh, to you here. Uh, 
Genesis chapter, it's not up there, unfortunately. Okay, I'll, I'll just read it to you. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of day. You know who that man was? That man was the pre-incarnate Christ. You remember I told you about uh, Theophanes before? Theophany is a, a God appearing to man in the Old Testament. He did it in various forms. Usually it was like just a man, you know, as he did to Abraham. But, uh, you know, to Moses he appeared as a burning bush. This is a theophany. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, this is the man now, the man wrestling with him. When he saw that he prevailed not against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of uh, Jacob's thigh was out of joint. I take that to mean your uh, the hip socket here, as he wrestled with him. And the angel, the angel of the Lord, who is a pre-incarnate Christ, said, Let me go, for the day breaks. And Jacob said to the angel of the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. And the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, said to him, Jacob, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And the pre-incarnate Christ said, Your name will no longer be, be Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and with man and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray you, your name. And he said, Wherefore is it that you ask me of my name? And he blessed him. So the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, blessed Jacob there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for, he, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Well, he didn't really see God in all of his spiritual glory. I've talked about that before, the glory of God. But he saw this manifestation of God face to face. And he limped upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel do not eat of the sinew that shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Jacob said to the angel of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ, I won't let you go until you bless me. So the angel of the Lord blessed him. And he said, well, you know, Touching the hollow of his thigh so he's got this permanent limp. That's a blessing? It was a blessing. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel means God rules. And you know what Jacob means? It means grabber, usurper. When Jacob came out, you know, with his twin brother, uh, Esau, Esau came out first and then Jacob came out and he was grabbing on to uh, Esau's ankle. And that's why they called him uh, Jacob. And that's the way his life was. He, throughout his life, he was always grabbing. He was always trying to get what he wanted. He was out for himself. 
And now his name is changed to Israel, which means God rules. Instead of being out for himself, he was going to allow God to rule his life. And the whole context of this story, before he wrestles with the angel of the Lord, his brother Esau was coming with 400 men, and his brother Esau had swore, sworn that he was going to kill Jacob because Jacob stole his blessing. And so Jacob didn't know if he was going to live or die. And then God touched the sinew, and you know what? Jacob had to totally submit to God because he couldn't even run away from Esau. So he was broken. He wrestled with God and God broke him. And that's the way our lives need to be too, brothers and sisters. We need to have our self-will broken. He was Jacob before, always out for himself, always trying to grab for whatever he could. And then he had this wrestling with God and God broke him. And then his name became Israel, meaning God rules. God was now ruling his life and not he himself. Hallelujah. Prayer doesn't change God at all. Every, it says in James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with him whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God doesn't change his mind. And God's plan was to bless Jacob all along. But how much did he want the blessing? Well, he had to wrestle with God. You know, you contrast this with Esau. Esau was not a bad person, but Esau was a man to whom the promises of God meant very little. But for Jacob, they meant everything. Now, when you're you know, the question that I've got for you is how much do the blessings of God mean to you? You know, you not only wrestle with uh, God for his blessings, but you wrestle with the spirits in prayer too. It's with a different person, you know, uh, spirits as opposed to God, but it's the same principle as wrestling with God. Uh, uh, God is with wrestling with spirits in prayer. In this case, the wrestling is with the unseen forces of darkness that are striving to thwart the purposes of God on earth. And we have the victory in the name of Jesus. Can he say amen to that? Amen. If we persevere, as with Jacob and the angel of the Lord, how much do we want it? How much do we want to see ourselves freed from this ungodly habit that we seem to have no control of? How much do we want to see our son or daughter or a friend or unsaved loved one? How much do we care about them? Do we care about them enough to wrestle against the forces of darkness in prayer? Is, the, is it worth the cost to us? And believe me, it's going to cost you. You know, and many times it takes more than just prayer. It takes fasting. And I talked about this before when I talked about fasting. 
you know, uh, Jesus cast the spirit of epilepsy. And by the way, there's a lot of times, you know, sicknesses that there's a spirit behind that. We'll talk more about that uh, next week. Okay, so his disciples couldn't cast the spirit of epilepsy out of this boy. And then uh, Jesus comes along and he cast the spirit out right away. And the disciples came up to him and they said, why couldn't we uh, cast it out? And what did Jesus say? He said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now I'm telling you something, brothers and sisters. This country needs prayer and fasting. You know, if the spiritual forces are so strong behind an individual person, imagine how strong they are against this nation. And we need to wrestle with God in prayer. We need to wrestle with the spiritual forces of darkness that are closing in. And it's becoming more and more acute with each passing day. Each passing day we hear more and more about how Satan is trying to destroy this nation. Okay. Now I'll cover more of this next week. Okay. Next week. And in fact it may take a few weeks to go through this. I've got so much I want to say about it. Okay. Uh, I, I mentioned, I want to pr I show that spirits uh, specialize in certain areas of sin. Another thing, too, is that spirits will seek to damage you spiritually in some way through traumatic experiences. And he does that, especially when you're young, too. That's what's such a blasphemy about the uh, uh, left wanting to teach our young children all this garbage that they're trying to to teach. I don't want to go too much in, uh, you know, but follow the news, you'll find out. If you're damaged spiritually in some way, God will give us spiritual healing if we allow Him and if we seek Him for it. Again, that's one of the blessings we can be seeking from the Lord. Ask Him to bring healing to our life. We overcome them, these spiritual forces, by the blood of the cross. Another thing, we're on the winning team. Can you say amen to that? We're on the winning team. I know because I read the book. I looked at the end and we win. Okay? So don't be afraid of them. Go. Don't go around feeling defeated. We win. Amen. We are light and he is darkness. What happens when you turn on a light? You have to get a broom and sweep out the darkness? Is that how you do it? No, you just turn on the light. In a confrontation between light and darkness, light wins 100% of the time. We are light, brothers and sisters. They are darkness. Hallelujah. We need to avoid hiding from God. You slip and fall. You sin. Too often we go off and hide. We're like Adam. 
And we try to cover up uh, our sin with our own works like he tried to cover up uh, his nakedness, he and uh, Eve, with fig leaves. Doesn't work. God's got to supply the covering for that. And we don't need to be ashamed of it because Jesus paid it all. Don't hide from God if you fall. And we need to wake up from our spiritual slumber and fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Um, Father, we uh, praise and thank you, Lord, for the things that we've taught us today. Lord, not only, Lord, did you teach us concern our superiority over the spiritual forces of darkness, but also, Lord God, we think of uh, Jacob, Lord. And I didn't intend to share that with uh, your people today, Lord, but it just I just felt like somebody needed it. And so, Lord, help us to think and meditate upon that story, Lord, and truly seek to have our will uh, conform to yours. And we thank you for this, Lord, and uh, uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good stuff, huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Prayer request? Rain, right. Uh, you know, I, I posted on Facebook a picture of uh, what Lake Powell looked like, you know, over around uh, where Lone Rock is. You know where Lone Rock is, don't you? You know. And it's just amazed. Lone Rock is high and dry right now. Lake Powell has uh, gone down that far. So anyway, uh, pray. we need the prayer for rain. Okay, physical needs. Uh, pray for my uh, cousin Roberta. She's been through the fire with... Uh, uh, Shingles. She's had a really bad case. She's improving, but not very, uh, very fast. Okay. Other uh, prayer requests for physical needs. Okay, Pastor Sandra. Yeah, Pastor Sandra's had uh, a few teeth pulled recently, and she's also uh, having uh, foot problems still. Trevi. Okay. I'm going to speak to that uh, blockage that Trevi has right now in her uh, digestive system. Speak to it and uh, demand that it clear up. Okay. Other physical needs? Okay, John and Jackie. Okay, no, no, no. 
by saying no yes okay Okay, so Onyx. Traveling Mercies, okay. Other prayer requests? Okay, um, remember our nation? Okay, we've been praying for Israel too. You know, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen? Promises that God will bless us. Or He will prosper us. Doesn't necessarily mean that if you pray for uh, <clears throat> Israel that you're going to get rich, but it means you're going to prosper spiritually. Amen? Amen. Show you that your heart is allied with God's people, the, the Jews. Okay. Pray for Ukraine. And pray for Thailand. Okay. Any other prayer requests? Family and friends. Family and friends. And who's got an unspoken request? Raise it high. You want God to meet that need? You know, if we, I think if uh, God met the need in proportional to how high you hold your hand up, I think everybody would be holding their hands up way high like this. Amen? Okay. Oh, and uh, not only Trevi, we also uh, pray for Pam and uh, Ethan too. Okay. Okay, so unspoken? Okay. Any other prayer requests? By the way, it's good to see Trevi and Ethan and uh, Pam all here today. Yes. A lot of times they don't feel well enough to come here. So praise God, he, he answers prayer. Okay, Father, Lord, we come before you today. And Lord, we thank you that you uh, always listen to us, Lord. That you love us so much. You love us more than we can possibly comprehend. And Lord, uh, because of your great love for us, Lord, we praise and worship you, Lord, because you are worthy of our worship, Lord. And Lord, uh, we thank you that uh, your names reveal, Lord, your very nature and help us to uh, remember, Lord, that uh, uh, what you have done for us. And Lord, uh, we 
just uh, pray right now for uh, rain. Lord, this land is so parched, Lord, and we see the level of Lake Powell going down and down and down. And Lord, this uh, drought has lasted many years. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would uh, just bring blessing, Lord. And Lord, I don't know it because many times uh, droughts and uh, Famines and things like that are just a sign of your judgment. And Lord, this nation has just slipped so far away. And Lord, maybe this is your way of bringing judgment to this nation. I don't know. But we do beseech you, Lord. We implore you, Lord God, to pour out your uh, showers of blessing, Lord, upon this area, Lord, the, the Colorado Plateau. And uh, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that uh, the... Rivers would flow again, Lord, and uh, uh, fill up the uh, reservoirs, Lord, Lake Mead and uh, Lake Powell, Lord, and uh, also bring uh, <clears throat> rain to the reservation and to this area too, Lord, where people are involved in the cattle industry. And I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just uh, bring an abundance, Lord, of rain, Lord, that uh, uh, the cattle would have fresh grass to eat and, Lord, uh, plenty of fresh water to drink. And, Lord, we thank you for this, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray for my cousin Roberta over there in Phoenix, Lord, that she's had a really rough go of it first with that uh, nausea, Lord, that preceded the outbreak of uh, shingles, Lord, and that nausea may have uh, been the uh, per precursor, Lord, of what she would uh, suffer, Lord. I just know that she's suffering an awful lot, and Lord, she loves you very dearly, and Lord, her husband and you uh, and her have uh, uh, served you for very uh, a number of years, Lord, as uh, uh, pastors, Lord. So we pray that you just bless her now, Lord. Pray for Pastor Sonner, Lord, for the her teeth that have been pulled, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you would ease the pain that, Lord, she feels. And, Lord, we also pray, Lord, that you would just minister to her foot, Lord. She was... Uh, talking about uh, some of the things that might happen. Lord, I also pray for uh, Peanut uh, Dolly's older sister, Lord, that uh, may be losing part of her foot. Uh, due to uh, diabetes, Lord, and uh, uh, gangrene, Lord. I pray for healing for her foot, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for uh, Trevi, Lord, with this intestinal blockage, Lord. I speak to it now, and I just demand that it open up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, we praise and thank you for bringing us... Uh, words of healing, Lord God. And Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, help uh, uh, Trevi not to discouraged with her uh, current condition, Lord. But Lord, her times and seasons are in your hands, Lord. And Lord, we're just believing you, Lord, that her... Uh, <clears throat> Her work on earth is not done yet, Lord. I thank you for this, Lord. Pray for uh, Pam and Ethan, Lord, with the physical problems that they endure. Lord, uh, uh, I pray for their digestive systems, Lord, that they would work properly. And I also pray for Ethan, Lord, with this problem that he has of uh, uh, not being able to breathe well. Thank you, Lord, that uh, the... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Oxygen has been helping him. And Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Uh, we also speak to his air passages and we uh, demand that they open up now in the name of Jesus.
Pray for John and Jackie, Lord, that have endured these strokes. Thank you, Lord, that Jackie is uh, called by your name, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just pray for John too, Lord, that he might find you before it comes time to depart from this life. And Lord, we pray for both of them for their physical needs, Lord, that they would recover from these strokes and be able to live a normal life. Pray for Newell, who has uh, suffered this terrible fall and really uh, suffered uh, a head uh, injury that's been very serious. So, Lord, uh, bring healing to her. And, Lord, we pray, too, for her spiritual well-being, Lord, that uh, uh, people would uh, come to her, Lord, and explain to her and uh, witness to her, Lord, uh, concerning the way of salvation. Lord, uh, use Dolly in this regard, Lord, and I pray that uh, Nu might uh, receive you as her Savior and Lord. Pray for little Onyx, Lord, and uh, we thank you that you've brought her here today, Lord, and that uh, Pastor Sandra was able to come with Randy. And, uh, Lord, we pray for uh, uh, healing, emotional healing for Onyx, Lord, is losing her sister, Lord, that she lived all of her life, Lord. And it's just been very traumatic for her. So, Lord, we pray that you bring healing to her emotionally. And, uh, Lord, we also pray for uh, Donna and Lynn who for traveling mercies as they drive here uh, tomorrow. Give them a safe journey, Lord. And, Lord, I uh, also uh, uh, want to <clears throat> pray for our mighty nation, Lord God, that strayed so far from your uh, uh, perfect way, Lord God. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you just bring a revival. And, Lord, do we know that this is our only hope when we see the things that are happening in our uh, nation today. And also, Lord God, the, the European Union, Lord, how they're starting up these disinformation uh, uh, groups too, Lord. They're following our lead, which is a, a blasphemy, Lord, because it uh, is a tool of godless communism, Lord, which they're seeking to bring about in this nation. And Lord God, we know that this uh, godless co communism will seek to destroy your church here in America and also in Europe. So Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that your uh, Holy Spirit would prevail, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would sweep across this nation and bring about a conviction of sin and of uh, righteousness and judgment. Thank you for this, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would convict our leaders of the sin in their lives, Lord, and the ungodly ideas that they are espousing now, Lord God, and lead them in the path of righteousness, Lord, for your name's sake. And Lord, if they refuse to repent and turn from their wicked ways, Lord, I pray that you would remove them from office, Lord. We've got that midterm coming up and less than six months to go, Lord. I pray that they would be voted out of office. And Lord, I pray that new and godly men and women would be raised up to fill these positions of leadership. Thank you for this, Lord. Finally, Lord, I pray for intercessors too, Lord, those that will stand in the gap, Lord God, that would see the way, the direction this country is heading, Lord God, and uh, pay heed, Lord, from those uh, verses in the 
Old Testament, including uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, verse, uh, I'm sorry, 22, verses uh, 30 and 31, and also, Lord God, Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, Lord, help them to pay heed, Lord, help them to humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways so that you might hear from heaven and forgive our sin and heal our land. Lord, we pray for also for uh, the nation of Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord God. And Lord, it seems like the forces of darkness, Lord, manifested in these uh, this Palestinian authority, Lord, and Hamas, Lord, they're going to seek to foment unrest there in uh, Jerusalem, Lord, hoping that their way will prevail, Lord. But we pray for that peace of Jerusalem and we speak to these spiritual forces. Lord, we know that the forces of darkness hate the nation of Israel and they are trying their best to destroy it. But we stand against it and we take authority over those forces. Now, in Jesus' mighty name, we command you, Satan, to take your filthy hands off of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. And Lord, I pray that you'd guide and direct your people over there, Lord, that uh, uh, the Jewish uh, nation, Lord God, and bring about a revival there too. Pray for uh, Ukraine, Lord. Pray, Lord, that your hand of protection would rest upon it. Lord, uh, we see so, you know, the ungodly forces uh, trying to destroy that nation too, Lord. And Lord God, I pray that you would just be with the your church over there, Lord. I pray that the people would not be embittered towards you, Lord, from all the trials and the uh, uh, hardships that they've been forced to endure the last uh, three months, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that instead that their heart would turn toward you, Lord. Pray for Thailand, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the COVID virus is uh, subsiding over there. And Lord, we uh, pray that you would just, uh, uh, the plague would be stayed. And Lord, that you would intervene in the political process there, Lord, and put uh, uh, godly men and women in positions of leadership and use the church, Lord God, over there as uh, your shining light. Hallelujah. Pray for our family and friends, Lord. You know how much we love them. Lord, there's many of them that are unsaved that need to be saved. So, Lord, I pray that you put people in their lives, Lord, that would speak to them regarding the way of salvation, Lord. And also, Lord, we pray for um, our saved family and friends, Lord, and uh, we pray the same thing to, for them. Lord God, uh, help us to uh, guide and direct them when we see them straying and the Satan trying to put his filthy mitts on them. And Lord, help us to take authority in the name of Jesus over these spiritual forces. Finally, Lord, we pray for the unspoken request and we praise and thank you, Lord. You know what each uh, upraised hand represented. You know the person, you know the need, Lord. And we thank you for meeting the, that need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody have a good week. Enjoy the party.